follow and interact with us on Instagram at AdamJW44 and on Twitter at AJ underscore on the underscore line. This feels weird because usually you're the presenter, but anyway, let's go. I know. (laughs) Good to be here. Hello and welcome to the AJ on the line podcast. This is the 10 out of 10 series where we find out what it takes to become a sporting champion. My name's Adam and I'm joined by Austin Ocon Akpan. How are you today, first of all, Austin? I'm super, Adam. I'm fantastic. I'm on the 10 over 10 podcast show. So uh, it should be 10 over 10 for me and I'm feeling that way today. Yes, definitely. It can mean a lot of things. Now, I've not given you a good enough intro because you are many things when it comes to sport, Austin. You are tell me award-winning sports broadcaster, first of all. Thank you. Um, have Thank you got you. your masters yet, or have you nearly got your masters in terms of the international relations and sport? I, I, I've gotten the masters in my own right because I've submitted the final dissertation. There you are you basically? Uh, uh, so I'm just waiting for Aston University to to award me um, the the masters in international relations and global governance. It's been um, an interesting experience and I'm just trying to see ways that I can put that into my communication degree and keep scoring 10 over 10. Exactly. And first of all, you're a sports fan. Like that, that's why we're here. Right. And that's what it is. If, if I'm not a sport fan, then I, I wouldn't have been a good sports journalist. So yeah, first thing first, I'm a fan. Exactly. And, On the 10 out of 10 series, what we do is each episode, we will focus on a different sporting trait that an athlete or someone in sport needs to become successful. And this week, we are focusing on the trait that it it kind of feels like it associates with you since I met you um, at Aston University, and that's passion. And I can see that in all of the work that you do. But when it comes to sport, it feels like it's on a whole new level. Let's start off by asking you, Austin, what is your relationship with sport? So my relationship with sport um, is is deeper than, than how I can express it because I see a lot of, of, of life values embedded in sports, you know. And so when I was, you know, making the decision to become a sports journalist, for me, I was getting into a life experience that I must be successful with, you know, because when you take a look at sport in every way, even when persons are not winning, there are values, there are lessons in it. When people win, there is a massive lesson in it also. Our sporting community produces champions, produces winners. So much is all-encompassing, Adam. And, that, and then when, when, I, when I got into it, I said to myself that, I cannot be covering someone who is a champion and I'm not a champ myself, you know? There's a way, you know, it's 10 out of 10, you know? It, it, it grabs you into it. It takes over you. And there's no way I would have done it without passion because... You just become it, you know. Sometimes you see, you see fans cry when they see their sporting heroes, you know, because there's a way you can relate with whatever lives that they have to yours. And in any way you want to look at look at it, it's inspiring. 
you're the sort of person that cannot deal with, and I'm the same here, cannot deal when someone says, oh, it's just a game. It's more than a game, isn't it? Oh, it's more than a game. There's so much to it, you know? It's more than a game. It's like you saying that uh, Brazil wants to play a football match and you say it's a game. It's a religion, you know? It's, 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 it's got a huge following, you know? It's like talking about... England and Australia playing the Ashes and you say it's just a cricket game. It's more than a game. There's bilateral relations in there. There's bragging rights in there. There's so, so much, you know. So it's not just a game, you know. Sometimes when I get to 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 the game venue, even when the act before the action commences, when you see the life before the game, then you know it's it, it's it's more than a game, Adam. You know, I was at, at Tottenham Hotspur for Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk from the train station. You're already feeling the vibes to the fight. The heart rate's going up. The atmosphere, you know, everything, you know, the expectations, the fans, the scenes. And then when I got there, I was, I was like, where is White Hart Lane? The the pitch is off. It's a boxing ring. The lights, the flash, the music. The glory, the fight had not even started. It's more than a game. You've mentioned the Anthony Joshua fight. I, I remember the first time that I walked out um, to my team, my football team, West Brom. I know it's a much yeah. smaller stadium compared to Tottenham Hotspur, but I still remember that feeling inside thinking, wow, this is a cool place to be. What was the moment for you that kind of hooked you with sport and, and made you realise this is for me? This is where I want to be involved. So I've always wanted to be a, a professional footballer. It was a childhood dream, you know. And um, in Africa, that's almost a dream of every child. It, it's not just just to play football. It's a way to get yourself out of poverty, uplift your family, gain some, you know, you know, respect in the country. And I was like one of those kids out there who, you know, after a lot of street soccer. The next is to elevate yourself. And um, I'm privileged to come from a family where they value education. Your parents want you to go to school, but because you want to play football, you're not giving it 100%. You know, and, and for me, back in the day, growing up, you know, hearing the likes of back in the 80s, Nigerian football legends such as Ashegu or Degbami, um, the likes of Adokia, Mesimaka, Christian Chuku, then you bring it to the 90s, some of the names you know, Austin JJ Okocha, Wankwo Kanu, uh, Wilson Oruma, Victor Ikeba, Daniel Amokachi. They were heroes. They were respected in the country. They were known. And it was because of football. And it wasn't just them, Adam. They brought glory to their country, to their families, to their friends. It was a privilege to be associated with them, you know. So, I wanted that kind of life for my family name, you know. I wanted that kind of life, and I thought football was going to give it to me. But it failed, you know, because at some point, it was affecting my education. And my dad was like, look, as long as I'm the one still paying your school fees, if I say go to school, go to school. So I put myself together, though it delayed some level of my education. But I put myself together and went to school. Now it was too late for me to play football. So I sat down one day and I said to myself that, Austin, you didn't play football. But whenever you talk about football or sports, people listen. They like the angle with which you say. They love the passion that you use in saying it. Uh, so how about I still do something in the field? I'm not, a, I'm not a footballer, but I can still make an impact 
talking about football on television. And that was the seed. And the moment I planted that seed, I started working towards the realization of that seed. So from the university, every conversation that I had to do with football or sports, Austin was in there. I want to contribute. I wanted people to listen to me. I didn't know I was building skills for television. But look at us today. Look at us today indeed. Wow, what a story. And that seed was planted as a result of realizing that sport is not just being the star on the pitch there's so much more to that and it offered you a way to to provide something for your family through doing something that you love right that's right yeah you know and and, and that realization you know um is everything people always forget you, you it, to aspire to be something is okay when you realize what you want to become it puts more meaning to it the greatest discovery of life is self when you discover yourself then you're fine and i think that was because even back home some persons still were like oh why sports journalists why not entertainment why not politics why you just want to talk sports they're not famous people you're not gonna be rich rah 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 Look at us today. They said that's your friend on TV. That's your cousin on TV. That's your son on TV. Because I discovered myself. I thought about it and I said, look, this is what will make me happy, you know? And, and I got to a point with that realization that whatever the fault is, whatever I find or I meet a setback or a roadblock, Austin, don't find fault. Find remedies. Find solutions, you know? So every day I was studying my industry before I got into it. I was looking at the guys who I could emulate. I found out what the industry was lacking that I could bring in. I wanted to be distinguished. And so I needed to pump up that passion. I came with a lot of energy. I came with a lot of entertainment. I was engaging on TV. I did a lot of research. I didn't just want to be a football journalist. Most of the guys back then were football journalists. I said to myself, if I know more than five sports, then they will call me a sports journalist. And that was the trick. And so I was a guy who would go on TV in Nigeria and talk about rugby. People would be like, really, Austin, rugby, Nigeria? I'll talk cricket. I'll be like, Austin, really, cricket? I'll go, cricket has been played in Nigeria since the late 19th century. We abandoned it when football started growing, so I'm going to revive it. I was the guy who started talking for... I had a 30 minutes Formula 1 show on TV. Persons didn't understand it. And each time I come on air, I'll be like, fasten your seatbelt, we're going to be doing this with speed. <laughs> you must find a way to make it interesting. And I got followers. I meet people who say, Austin, I don't like sports, but I just want to watch you. You make it interesting. You're lively. You smile. That was my unique selling point, Adam. And do you feel like uh, this is your purpose to not just be a part of sport but invite others into the world that you love so much that's it that's the dream of every broadcaster when people put eyeballs to your show you should let them be glued you know i always say this that there's so much television radio in the coming of the internet now if you cannot lock persons down off they go because there's so much you must be able to produce unique content and i'll say first thing first i'm on 10 out of 10 First, I already like the name. It's, 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 I want to score 10 over 10 with this one. You know, so first, if I take that, I love the name. It's, it's catchy. And then what has, what is Adam talking about? Adam is talking about 
things that happens in the world of sports, celebrating sport persons, bring out life lessons from sports. You see, we must find a way to keep it going. As I said, when I listen to people tell me, Austin, I don't like sports, but I like you and how you do your sports and you, you make me come into it. That's 10 out of 10 for me, you know? And that's what keeps me going. The fact that persons are beginning to see my me on TV as beyond watching a sports TV show. My personality is also doing something to them. And that's beautiful. That, in a lot of ways, have won me fans from different parts of the world, has brought more persons to follow my show, you know? And, and, and for me, that's passion. I always tell people that for you to win, your passion must be loud. And my passion is so loud that when you meet me the first time, you'll know that I love what I do. That makes a lot of sense, and I can see that for sure. <laughs> I like your point about finding your, your existence, your reason to, to live. And it reminds me of a quote that I heard the other day, that there are two important days in our life. The first day is when we were born, and the second day is when we know why. And... That really resonates there for me. Word. I, Word. I want to thank you for talking about uh, yourself and your passion within the sports broadcasting arena. And I know that there's much more that we can talk about there. But I want to ask you, why does it matter for an athlete to be passionate if they're going to be a sporting champion? You've met champions like Anthony Joshua. What's the reason that you need passion to be the best in the world at what you do? Because it's everything. And, and let me just quote um, a definition that I love so much about passion. It says, it's a feeling of intense enthusiasm. Intense. It could have just been anything. It could have just been interest. But it says intense. Like, it tears you apart. It's the reason why you jump up in the morning and say, I've got to keep going. That's what passion does. There's no way you'll be a champ if you don't have that intense enthusiasm. And it says it's an intense enthusiasm towards a compelling desire for someone or something. You see, passion can range from eager interest in or admiration for an idea. You just made it clear that that there are two reasons when you're born and when you discover why you see that discovering why is the passion some of us don't find that immediately there's not a set time that's got to be clear to the audience very um that you you can discover that purpose when you're eight or 80 it doesn't matter it's kind of the journey to find out why as well that's cool too right and that's the point sometimes this passion will be delayed because life must test you look at the story of warren buffett how old was he when he made his first proper money? He was already old. The KF, the owner of KFC. But their passion was to be successful and they got successful. And we got talking about them, whether they're here or not. Martin Luther King Jr. was so passionate about the black, black community in the United States. He didn't leave to see his legacy, but... Every time we talk about America having the first black president, his name resonates. That's passion. Even when you are out of here, your passion will still be relevant. Very, very important. And I agree that, yes, because we've all got different destinies, but passion is passion. That's what keeps you going. That's how you break boundaries. That's how you go the distance. The difference between somebody covering a particular mouth with the difference with the other person, I would, easily would have said is determination. But when you put passion into it, it becomes intense. And no sporting champion. 
I say it again. Nobody has made a mark in our world of sports without passion being in the center. That's the driving force. That's everything. Is it from Serena Williams to Lewis Hamilton to Novak Djokovic to Roger Federer to Ronaldo De Lima to Messi to Ronaldo? It's not passion that the most of them even discovered at um, a particular maturity. It's most times from childhood, from the grassroots. That passion is already visible. It's already loud. Serena Williams, when she was growing up, the dad says, you guys are talking about Venus. What we are cooking is Serena <laughs> is a proper meal at just age five. The dad already saw the passion. You know the rest. We talk about grassroots. How important is it that governments invest in the grassroots of sport to produce more champions but also better lives for people that's what it is that's where everything development happens the grassroots if you neglect the grassroots by the time you're going back there you might be meeting 10 times the work that you neglected that's why it's important. And I always tell people that at the grassroots, it is delicate because then the passion is raw. The talent is raw. All it needs is refining. And the government must make sure that that refining process is always monitored. And that's why it's, for, to an extent, Adam, it's not just the work of the government. It's for everybody, the parents, the schools, the community, the volunteers, the media. Mm. You see, it takes, in, in Africa, we say it takes an entire community to build a champion, to raise a good child. You see? So that's why it's very, very important that we protect the grassroots. I'm going to name some sporting champions and tell me when you read their story if their grassroots was in any way neglected. Lewis Hamilton. He's, he's trying to make the grassroots better for people. Exactly. And you see the way he's always pushing it out there that we need to do more so that we can empower more kids at the grassroots to love the sport, to get into it. Because at the grassroots level, you do a lot for not just talent, but you also take care of the mentality. Very, very important. And you need role models for these kids so that they know that they can make it from whatever community they're in. If someone from their community has made it, then that does that means why why can't I make it? That's that's the way that you're thinking as a child, right? And the grassroots is is is, is there for 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 referencing. It's the model for the, for development. So you want to tell one child that do you know at your age, Rafael Nadal was already thinking like a champion. Do you know Novak Djokovic was just five when he picked up a racket and said he was going to be a champion? So if you neglect the grassroots, it gets very difficult. So yes, every form of development happens at that early stage. And that's why it's very important that the government, the people, the society, the community, parents, teachers, Adam, Austin, everyone needs to get involved because at the grassroots, you must get it 10 out of 10. I think that what you said there was really important about refining rather than pushing too hard with the grassroots. I want to hear what your involvement in grassroots is, but from my personal perspective as a tennis coach, um, back when I used to coach, you could tell you had to be careful not to push too hard, otherwise the kids would just turn off. They, they didn't want yeah. to do it. They saw tennis as a bad thing. Uh, whereas you could see... The kids that loved it and they got into um, 
the motions of, of enjoying it every single time to be pushed harder in a positive way. When you see pushing yourself as a positive rather than a negative, and you're coached that from a young age, that can make a huge difference too. Yeah. You know, the grassroots, all we need to do is to provide guidance. That's it. You know, you need, you need, it's a, at that stage is about supervision and monitoring. Because as I said, the talent is raw. So in dealing with kids back home in Nigeria, I used to have a competition called the Channels International Kids Cup. It's a football competition for boys under the age of 13. Is this way of Channels TV? Yeah, yeah, Channels TV, yeah. And you know, with boys at that level, everybody just want to kick the ball around, you know, play fall. So you need to provide a guide. You need to discover who wants to take it a step further. Who wants to go beyond just play? That's why I said at that level, it is very delicate. Some of these kids, they just want to have fun. That's why you see a lot of academies, you see clubs investing so much into the academies, giving scholarships so that they go to school and play football. And you see that also with the, I think it's the IMG Tennis Academy in America. Yeah. Everybody's beginning to give into the grassroots because it's, it's, it's a good place for investment. Because the future is young. And let's not get it twisted. If you want to be in the grassroots of sport and just have fun, that's absolutely fine. Because that's what sport can do. Make you happy, right? That's what it is. Yeah, because most times it's not. It, we understand that it cannot be competitive 100%. Some persons are still into sport for leisure, others for fitness, some others for the love of the game. And it's totally acceptable, you know, because everybody... You know, everybody just feels that, oh, when I'm getting get into sports, then yes, I must play football to win the World Cup or win the UEFA Champions League. No, 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 no. You can also, to be a good coach, you need to play football. To be a good football psychologist, you need to, to an extent, know how to play football. Because in all of these things, your application matters, you know? So it's very important that we put it out there that when we say, you know, develop the grassroots, it's holistic, so that every child can join in at the level that they can participate. From your from your time studying in the UK and then of course your your background in Nigeria, have you noticed many great differences in terms of the mentality, in terms of the sustainability of the system, in terms of football from the grassroots right up to the elite level in Europe compared to Africa? There are a lot of differences. You know, back here, there are systems, there are structures in the UK that makes it work. You know, you see um, a lot of schools have good sporting infrastructure. The facilities are good. You know, you need those tools to keep it going. I'm not saying it's 100% bad back back home in Nigeria, sure. but some structure is missing. The system, to an extent, is faulty, you know? While some people feel that, oh, sports is just jump up, have the talent and do it, others are forgetting that it takes a step-by-step -step process, you know? So I think at the end of the day, what we have um, in the UK that is making it work is the personnel, the people that are involved in it. I think that's what we also need to do back home in Nigeria. And I use my shows to preach this every day that we need to put the right persons in place to get the structures, to get the system working again, to put in place you know good policies that can be implemented not policies that we'll just talk about and then we ignore it 
proper policies arsenal has got an academy and each year they have goals and objectives for that academy where you're going to you know from the academy maybe get into the feeder team from the feeder team into the team b and then you will play with the reserves team and they have proper league that's the structure i'm talking about they have a reserves league that will keep those guys busy i think this processes is what we're missing back home in africa and in nigeria to be precise so by the time we we'll fix it get a proper structure because adam i tell you back in the day in the 80s and the early 90s the grassroots used to function properly because there were enough school competitions to get guys busy and it was also a window to discover and nurture talent some of those windows got closed they're gradually opening up again but i'm saying don't just do it because you want to do it there must be a plan you must be going somewhere with it and you must respect the process. Some persons just want to get into things because they want it done right away. At the grassroots, I keep telling people it's long term. Sometimes it's 10 years. Sometimes it's 15. You know, it depends. So if you're getting into it and you're thinking short term, then it won't work. So that's what we need to do back home in nigeria get the right persons build structures you know get working systems and all of these things you know it, it's not just about getting the people getting persons who are passionate about these things to work that's why passion keeps coming into it you know i keep telling people that when you want to get into sport for development you don't think product you think service because development is a gradual movement towards advancement it takes time in terms of the sustainability of that, I feel as though you can still see cracks in the European way of doing it. We saw with the Super League um, earlier this year in terms of the way that there was always going to be someone wanting to make another dollar, right? And you look at the, the North American system in terms of having franchises rather than leagues. The issue with that, of course, is that it makes it harder to get directly in because of the money, right? So we we don't know how lucky we are until it'll be gone in Europe. So that that's the thing that we need to remember. Mm -hmm. Very important because if you see the, the, the followership that the English Premier League is enjoying, is because people to an extent believe that there is a consideration of the fans. The moment that is gone and everybody just... Yes, it's business. It has to be business. To take care of 20 teams in the English Premier League, business must be involved. But persons can tell that to an extent there's community ownership, you know, and there is also the followership part of it that makes people feel involved with the with the clubs. So it's very important. Exactly. And, and the other key thing with that pyramid kind of system is that I could go down to my local club, join, and if we do well enough, we could take on Ronaldo at Manchester United, right? So anyone right. can take on anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you wouldn't yeah. expect that. I wouldn't expect that, <laughs> but someone's got to believe in it, right? Let's move on, okay? Because I want to talk about your inspirations, your sporting champions that demonstrate that passion now i know we've got some good ones this week so over to you austin who have you got spotting champions that got me talking every now and then of, of course i know you know 
the fans out there know that they are a lot and our sporting champions do, do so much. And I love that quote you you reminded me of from Rafael Nadal that um, a champion does what again about raising communities? A champion doesn't lift trophies. They also lift communities. Communities, beautiful. And when you talk about champions who lift communities, there are a lot, but for me, Manny Pacquiao stands out. And I say Manny Pacquiao because whenever I look at Manny Pacquiao, it brings some sort of relief to the Philippines. I mean, it's from the Philippines. Who talks about the Philippines? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really talk about the Philippines until it comes to Pacquiao. I know. When you hear Manny Pacquiao, the Philippines comes to mind. So he knew that he was so influential, you know. So he, he said, look, he was doing so much whenever they have um, the crisis with the droughts, the floods. It's always Manny Pacquiao on the forefront, trying to help persons. So with his foundation, he has been raising communities in the Philippines. And for me, that's enough motivation to get into the ring to keep winning. You can tell. That's what I, talk, that's what I, that's what I told you, that it's more than a game. Because when this guy gets into the ring, he thinks about his people. He understands why he needs to be a champion to keep it going. That's interesting because earlier you talked about one of the motivations uh, or the reasons that you love sport and you want to get into it so much is to almost get out of that community. But if if you yeah. are a true champion, you've also got to then go back to the community to help other people achieve their dreams and their goals. And... That's right. It's like you say with, with Manny Pacquiao. And I was talking to my friend who's a, who's actually been on the 10 out of 10 series as well called Tom. And yeah. he does martial arts. And he was saying that's the difference between Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. Look where they spent their money. Look where they there invested. There you go. And that's nothing against Floyd Mayweather because he is an incredible sporting champion. But you can see the difference. Yeah. It's clear, you know, and to be a proper champ, you must lift communities. It is what it is, you know. And if you look at Amani Pacquiao at 42, even with his last fight, you could see the love he got from Persons. It transcends boxing. Do you know before that fight, it took one month, a month off to prepare, to provide money, food, clothing, and shelter for many Filipinos in desperate need. He was he's been doing this for so many years. That was what made him get into wow. the House of Representatives, and then he got into the Senate. And then just just last month, he announced he was he's going to uh, for the presidential bid. And it is because he has gone down to the communities to see where the people really need help. And that's what a champion does. And you know why he's working so well for Manny Pacquiao? He was once in the same situation. He was poor, homeless, and struggling to survive. Boxing took him out of poverty. And now he's giving back to his fellow countrymen. And that's beautiful. That's laudable. Each time I read about Manny Pacquiao, I get emotional. Because he's been through all sorts. And now he's just trying to make a huge difference to the Filipino. He's a humble man. It's beautiful. Yeah. You know, and and, 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 and and people are saying that with, with what he's done in raising communities, he stands tall to be mentioned amongst one of the greatest boxers of our time, and I totally agree. Absolutely. And when we look back once again to what you were saying in the introduction, sport can represent life values, right? Now, 
Boxing, you can be right on the ground, nearly out for the count. And then you can get back up there and achieve glory. And that's exactly what Pacquiao has done for him. And he's now trying to do it for his country. So, and that will get the kids from the Philippines believing that they can still achieve despite the hardships that they go through on a day-to-day basis. That's right, Adam. His personality alone has made boxing, not just a sport in the Philippines, it has made it a lucrative business. It has made boxing a sport that can take persons out of poverty. It has made boxing a sport that can empower persons, that can transform lives. One person made that happen. And that right there explains the power of sports in different ways. So shout out to Manny Pacquiao. The second guy, this guy does it on the court and off the court. Novak Djokovic. What a guy. Champion through and through. In 2007, he founded the Novak Djokovic Foundation and said, look, I want to use tennis to take persons out of poverty. That foundation, the mission is to help children from disadvantaged communities. Wow, and he was 24. That was before he'd won any of his Grand Slams. So somebody was, was quick to say, oh, they became champions first. No, he had not even gotten a Grand Slam title when he was thinking about helping disadvantaged children. And guess what? In 2015, it got so big that it got part into partnership with the World Bank to promote early childhood education in Serbia, just like Manny Pacquiao. Now, you know, they partnered with the Novak Djokovic Foundation in 2015 to say, look, we want to promote early childhood education in Serbia. Look at what one man's thinking did to the grassroots in Serbia. And again, just like Manny Pacquiao, who talks about Serbia? How many times do we hear about Serbia? Not unless Novak Djokovic is to do with it. There you go. Well, because of Novak Djokovic. And he has taken his own beyond Serbia. I remember there was a time his foundation in 2010 supported Haiti with the earthquake that happened. And in 2011, the Queensland floods. He's always out there trying to win off the court. And that's total champion mentality. Novak Djokovic deserves our praise anytime, any day. And if you look at him, just look at Novak Djokovic. He's a champion on and off the court. And that's what we should learn from these our sporting champions, that it's not, a, it's not just about lifting trophies, it's about lifting communities. And I love that you mentioned that it wasn't when he was winning the Grand Slams or when he was celebrated in his little corner, he was already thinking about lifting communities before lifting trophies. Absolute champ. And now he's the GOAT, or one of them. One of them. <laughs> definitely. I don't think anything can stop him. He's definitely going to get out there to be the GOAT. Because, and, and, you know, look look at his life. Look at Manny Pacquiao. You could tell that it is the little things that they did outside the sports that actually pushes them to go further in the sports. 10 out of 10. That's a stamp of approval from Austin there, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Let's think about these great sporting champions and this great conversation that we've had how did these sporting champions inspire you in terms of the way that you live your life today and how might it inspire other people as well all day every day these guys they, they have stories that when you look back in your life you can apply it and then you you pick yourself back up is it Manny Pacquiao at 42 still giving a go for the world title at 42, 
still giving a go for the title when he's still a senator with presidential ambition. It's crazy, right? It it tells you when Austin, what are you thinking? You think you're done? You're just comfortable with what you have? Look at Manny Pacquiao, still pushing. And that was why when I was coming to the UK to get my master's degree, I was like, Austin, do I just want to go to school? Like you oh don't 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 even say that again, Austin. Look at your sporting champions. Look at Serena, even after becoming a mother, still pushing to get that elusive 25th Grand Slam title. And it will come because with our champions, there's no giving up. There's no quitting because it's over the moment you quit. And that's a major story we get from these guys. Look at the fight we're having in Formula One. Max Verstappen is saying, Lewis Hamilton can't keep dominating. Let me give him a fight. They teach us how to push. They, they push us how not to just stay comfortable. Our world of sports, they it teaches us that when you're down, you can pick yourself back up. They knock somebody out, they pick themselves back up. Deontay Wilder knocked, knocked down Tyson Fury in the 12th round, and the Gypsy King got up. He said it's divine. Somebody can use that as a life lesson. When you fall, get up. Fall 10 times, get up 100 times and confront that obstacle. And that was Deontay Wilder thinking that he already got that fight because he dropped the Gypsy King in round 12 and he got back up. He got back up and kept fighting till the end. That's what life is all about. Keep fighting, keep pushing. Don't quit, don't give up. And that's what I learned every day from these sporting guys. They keep fighting. Novak Djokovic will be down two sets, fight, and go on to win. Oh, have you seen that that moment where he saved about 20 match points, Djokovic? You know, it is in our world of sport that we coined out that saying that impossible is nothing. The great Muhammad Ali said, like, I can beat anything. I make medicine sick. Fast. I was in the bed before the room went dark. <laughs> you know? You know? When you when you listen to some of, of, of these sporting heroes, it's just so much, so, so much, you know. If, Michael Jordan once said, you think it's over till I make a three, and I make another three, and then I dunk on you, and I show you that's how to win. You know, you, we've seen it over and over again. I don't know how to explain it, but from Formula One to boxing to football to rugby, to cricket, to swimming. Is it Michael Phelps' story? There's so much motivation to athletics, so much inspirational stories in sports. And every day, every day, Adam, that's what you know. I live by, particularly with my mantra for passion, that my passion is loud. And when I turn around to any of these sporting heroes, I say that their passion is also loud. And that's what you say when you meet them. That's right. And I'm, I'm sure that they feel that too. They do. Listen, this has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Do you have anything more that you want to add before we come to the end of this great conversation, Austin? I know I've been having so much fun speaking to you. And, and just to wrap it up, because we've been passionate about this conversation, you know, and um, passion, as I said, is everything that you need. If you want to be successful, if you want to be revered, if you want to be remembered, you must put passion on the forefront. It is it is impactful and contagious. 
you know so it's important that people uh, know this and again your passion must be profitable your passion should be able to give you a good life look at what i've said about all of these sporting guys they have a good life through sports and their passion it should make it you see people i've seen a lot of persons say oh but I'm, I'm i'm passionate about what i do you're not passionate enough your passion must be profitable you are doing this because you're thinking of long term and doing a podcast is because you know there are profit embedded in it i'm not even just talking about monetary pro you know you know profits there are a lot of ways that you can make profit out of life so your passion must be profitable but finally if you want to go the distance if you want to break boundaries you must have passion and you must be resolute about making sure that your passion works for you adam it's been an absolute pleasure having this conversation with you thank you so much austin before we go i'm i'm sure i'm not the only one that wants to hear more of austin and his passion for sport and his <laughs> storytelling can you give the listeners a place where they can go and find you maybe your instagram okay on instagram i'm at proudly austin on twitter i'm at proudly austin that's a good one uh, yeah <laughs> you know so i just leave it at proudly austin you, you can see my passion in there right you know proud about it anytime any day so my full name's austin okonakman just type me on youtube loads of videos will pop so very soon when i learn from adam i might just start doing my own podcast too but for now you can really catch up with me on twitter and on linkedin also type my name on linkedin and you'll you see me out there also thank you so much austin i'm sure that people will go and have a look but that is how to be a sporting champion well one of the ways we've talked about many more before this is passion this is adam that was austin and this is the 10 out of 10 series thank you very much for listening don't forget to leave us a review leave us a five star review at that because you know it was good i know it would be better if you could give us a 10 out of 10 but you know the system is different it's been a pleasure thank you austin we're out